2020 was a year unlike any other in the 40-year history of the HIV-AIDS pandemic. The COVID-19 pandemic poses geopolitical threats to progress in the field and has impacted many of the systems in place meant to combat HIV. As the COVID pandemic continues into 2021, unprecedented disruptions, social and economic instability, fear of accessing health facilities, and impacts on current HIV programs force the global health community to reassess how to adapt, protect, and sustain progress. In this podcast, we will speak to experts, community leaders, and people living with HIV about the progress towards meeting HIV targets under this new COVID reality and the future of health security in low and middle income countries. I'm Catherine Bliss, and this is AIDS 2021. Welcome to the AIDS 2021 podcast. My name is Janet Fleischman, and I'm a senior associate at the CSIS Global Health Policy Center. Today, we're looking at why economic empowerment is such a critical and too often undervalued element of HIV prevention for adolescent girls and young women, or AGYW, and why it features as part of the U.S. government's DREAMS initiative. DREAMS stands for Determined, Resilient, Empowered, AIDS-Free, Mentored, and Safe, and it's a PEPFAR program that aims to reduce new HIV infections among AGYW, a population at particularly high risk for HIV, especially in Southern and Eastern Africa. We know that the lack of economic opportunity actually fuels HIV risk for AGYW, driving risk factors such as transactional sex, often with older male partners, and leading to unintended pregnancy, lack of resources to keep girls in school, buy food and menstrual hygiene supplies, and increasing their vulnerability to gender-based violence. So learning how economic empowerment can be a critical HIV prevention intervention is necessary both to address the needs of these adolescent girls and young women, as well as in reaching broader HIV prevention goals. So in this episode, we bring you to Kenya with excerpts of conversations we've had with three important voices discussing the importance of economic empowerment. We'll begin with Daniel Olioch Madiang, Technical Advisor on Adolescent Girls and Young Women for PATH and Afia Ziwani in Western Kenya. Then we'll hear from Valerie Atieno, who participates in DREAMS in Homa Bay, Kenya. And finally, we'll hear from one of the DREAMS mentors in Homa Bay, Veronica Chesongok Awiti. We hope you'll enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you introduce yourself and your program in Kenya? Yeah, um, thank you, Janet. So my name is Daniel Olwoch Madiang, and I'm basically the DREAMS coordinator in the region of Kenya that is uh, on the western side, taking care of Kisumu, Homa Bay, and Migori counties. These are what we refer to here in Kenya based on the data that we've had over the several previous years under the HIV trends as the HIV high burden counties in Kenya. Can you describe how the HIV risk faced by these adolescent girls and young women is fueled by social and economic factors in the region of Kenya where you're working? 
HIV new infections amongst adolescent girls aged 15 to 24 are highest in the counties that are in this side of Western Kenya. And so there are other, quite some factors that fuel this. Poverty is a key issue, and we need to refer to poverty here from the point of view of lack of economic access and the need that uh, economic access needs to take care of. So we do have a lot of our AGYW, adolescent girls and young women, who are living below what we normally refer to as below poverty line. In our enrollment of girls, part of the things that we look at are based on what we refer to as a vulnerability criteria. And this criteria provides us with some of the elements that would therefore define an adolescent girl or young woman as being at a particularly high risk for HIV. Now, there are a few socioeconomic issues that I could say fall within these particular areas. A, we find that we have AGYW who are living with guardians or parents who are unable to make a living, either because of sickness, chronic sickness, being often vulnerable, or generally not having access to economic productivity. We have AGYW who only have generally only one meal a day because they may not be able to access you know, money to buy food, et cetera, et cetera. We have AGYW who are either young mothers, adolescent mothers, and or heads of families in an orphan situation. And therefore, they are taking care of their siblings while at the same time, A, trying to pursue an education or B, trying to ensure that their children, being new mothers, are also taken care of. And also, we have adolescent girls and young women who are newly married. And I say married because part of what we are realizing is pushing girls and young women to this marriage is essentially to access food, shelter, and some money from their husbands, so to speak. Now, those are some of the areas that we are seeing girls are not being able, are poor and trying to look for money. But there are also other vulnerability factors that we are seeing. We are seeing girls who are engaged in multiple sex partnerships. And this cuts across adolescents and also young women. We have young girls whose use of contraception and condoms is based on a power relationship and therefore there is an inconsistency in it based of course on whether they will be able to get money or not. This leads right into then their HIV risk and how these factors fuel their HIV risk. Can you describe briefly how in DREAMS, in your DREAMS program, why this economic strengthening piece is so important to reduce HIV incidence among these adolescent girls and young women? So 
in a sense, economic empowerment and support of our AGYW will be able to mitigate a lot of factors that put our girls at risk. I started by saying, for example, that in our vulnerability criteria, some of the risk factors that the girls are engaged in is because they want now to eat, to have three decent meals in a day. Now, when we support them, then we begin at the most basic, which is they do get food. Having got food, to a substantial manner, they begin to start savings and or paying for other interventions like going to school and staying there, accessing menstrual hygiene products of their own accord rather than based on somebody else, making decisions on when and how to have safer sex. So making decisions in terms of I will use protection or we will not have sex in this particular context. And therefore, there is that element of the voice that they have. And finally, reducing the need to have multiple sex partners to contribute to their economic access. So you are seeing an impact. You feel that the economic strengthening piece of this multi-sectoral approach that DREAMS has adopted is having an impact on HIV incidents in the area of Kenya where you're working. Yes, Janet. And uh, I should say also this, why I also am seeing that impact. I am seeing economic strengthening of our adolescent girls reinforcing behaviors of adherence to PrEP, for example, use of condoms, making decisions on contraceptions and uptake, so to speak, and basically staying the course with regards to the biomedical aspects of HIV prevention, which would be compromised in situations where they do not have economic access and therefore they sacrifice. Let me have unprotected sex and gain the money. So I'm seeing impact and I'm seeing the potential for more impact in a manner in which we need to harvest this and expand the circumstances. And sometimes it's difficult to measure and unpack the different components of this multi-sectoral program. But it sounds mm-hmm. to me that you're saying that the economic strengthening element of dreams is extremely significant for the impact of the other aspects of the program. Yes, yes, that's what the situation is like. Economic support is particularly significant in reinforcing HIV prevention services for vulnerable adolescent girls and young women. As we heard from Daniel, Economic empowerment is a critical way to help lower HIV risk for adolescent girls and young women. But we wanted to hear directly from the young women themselves. So we were lucky to connect with Valerie Atieno in Homa Bay, Kenya, to learn directly from her experience. Okay, I'm Valerie Atieno. So can you tell me about what you do in dreams with financial programs or cash transfers? What are you involved in? What kinds of programs? Okay, with the cash transfer I was given, I decided to start a small business 
I bought some chicken so that I can keep them at home. And uh, I would like also to, to improve my business with the savings I've been having. So the cash transfer I got was, was very helpful to me. And how has that changed your situation? Once you were able to buy these chickens and start selling the eggs, how has that changed your personal situation? Okay, I feel very proud because uh, I'm a mother. I have a kid and from my business, I can save some money and buy my things and with my kid. And so through that, I've been saving a lot and also I've been expanding this my business because it was small when I started. And as for now, I've uh, more them. Before I was in that situation because you could see a friend with something or maybe you, you are a kid, you have to buy pampers, you, you maybe want to buy socks for her, but you can't get. So you will say, let me have maybe these main sexual partners so that they can offer you, they give you money and you, you buy her whatever you want. And now that you have your business, do you still do that or do you do you act differently now? No, 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 no. As by now, I depend on myself and uh, I don't I don't even thinking of them. The cash transfer is very important to the girls because some parents are not able to give their children the maybe the, the small money to start a business after completing form four because you can get some parents after that, that children have completed form four, so they can say, I'm done with you. You can look for a man to marry you because now I cannot continue from here. I've helped you a lot. And now what you can do, you can go out there and look for a man, marry you, and bring me dowry. That's how I can benefit from you. And now because of dreams I've introduced, the cash transfer, the girls are, are benefiting, they're starting down business and they're maintaining their own self. That's very exciting. That's very, I mean, that's so important to hear the value that they see in their own life and their own potential. And that you are you are an example of. So it's it's so yeah. great. How do you want to expand your business? What more do you want to do? Do you want to get more chickens? Do you want to do other things? Okay, I want to expand my business because at my area, there's no electricity. So I would like to expand it so that I can uh, have the incubators to hatch the eggs so that it can be a very big place. And so also many people from different places, from very far places can come to me and buy and we, we do business with them. What do you want other girls to learn from you? What should they know from your experience? From the other girls that have not learned about dream, I would like them to know that any dream that you have, no one should stop you from getting it to satisfaction. So I would like to encourage any girl outside there that they should know that HIV is a very bad disease, but even if they are infected, they should not stop from achieving their dreams. Whatever you have as their dream, work towards it and achieve it at the end. 
One of the important features of the DREAMS program involves the mentors, women from the community who work directly with the DREAMS girls, providing support, information, and mentorship. So we reached out to Veronica Chesongok Owiti, a DREAMS mentor in Homa Bay, Kenya, to hear her views on the impact of DREAMS and why the economic empowerment component is so important for these girls. Why is being a mentor important for these girls? Can you tell us what you see as the impact of being a mentor? The importance of being a mentor is that I get in touch with my dreams girls or the young women and the adolescent girls. I've also got an experience of how these girls have been faring on before they became dreams girls. And now the changes they have got now, enough experience that life can change from getting information. And do you yeah. see an impact when they have a little of uh, these businesses and they can keep their money well? Is Does it have an impact on whether they get infected with HIV, whether they get pregnant, whether they get married? Are you seeing any relation between the economic empowerment and their health status? Okay, the economic empowerment has improved their health status because they can now not indulge themselves in a transactional sex or might be sex for money because at least they have something to assist themselves in their own families. There is an impact because these people are now busy uh, the young women plan their families by might be using uh, condoms or going for family planning because they are busy knowing how to maintain their families. So they don't indulge in this sex for money and might be lose the power to negotiate their sexuality with their partners. So they have time and also power to negotiate. So you see that these girls, the dreams girls that are involved in these economic empowerment activities, have more power to negotiate with their partners? How does that make you feel when you see that? Very much proud. In fact, I feel the community will see the impact without being told. They actually see the difference between those who are not in dreams and who are uh, those who are already in the dreams program. So why is that important for Kenya? It is important to Kenya as a, a country because when we change a person who changed the village also changed the community and the country as a whole. We've heard how important economic empowerment is for AGYW in dreams, but it presents significant challenges as well. One of those is how to sustain the momentum for these programs, especially given the severe impact of COVID-19 on these young women and on these communities. We return to Daniel from PATH to get his reflections on how he sees the challenges ahead. What keeps you up at night? What are you most concerned about in terms of losing the momentum, reaching these girls, being able to continue the quality services? What are you most concerned about as you look ahead with the transitions in dreams, with the impact of COVID, with the realities of these girls' lives and what you've seen is possible to offer them and what you're concerned about in terms of the loss of momentum? My fear right now is that I think DREAMS has gone into a fast phase and needs another phase to now sustain and make 
HIV prevention a norm in this particular community. And that abruptly having changes like what COVID did for us just uh, recently, and which called on us therefore to be very quick in innovation, is that we may lose everything to just a snap of a finger and uh, have the things gone. Sustaining this momentum over another period of time helps cement and therefore strengthen the journey towards 2030, where we had put ourselves in eliminating HIV, so to speak. And this is not the point to introduce shocks that basically would distract folks from the core business of the good work of uh, empowering girls to dream. We need to sustain that. We have planted the seed. It is at its adolescent stage and we need to make it an adult and therefore let it uh, work with its will, so to speak. Thanks for joining us for this episode of AIDS 2021. You can find a picture of Valerie with her chickens on our website. You can also find out more information about our work on HIV by going to CSIS.org and clicking on the Global Health Policy Center program page. We'll be back next month.